3: from the greatest country in the world broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not declaring war on Republicans. Check this out. Joe Biden going to give a speech in Philadelphia Thursday night and announce that we are once again in a battle battle. For the soul of our nation. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, are they ever? No, it's not the... Inflation or the crime you're concerned about. It's the pretend white supremacy that Biden's going to protect us against.
4: Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Well
3: said. And uh, we will echo those sentiments today with Katie Pavlich, superstar Fox News contributor, and of course Lee Zeldin, gubernatorial candidate here in the great state of New York, where his opponent, Kathy Hochul, just told Republicans they're not welcome in her state. That's stupid. Use your common sense. If you lean to the right, you are very much under attack in this country right now in terms of the you know political discourse. But you're always welcome here. Uh, and you don't have to be a conservative to be a part of the show. I say it every day. This is an audio safe space for cool people. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you could be politically agnostic, you would be an independent, you can be a libertarian. I don't care. The only thing I don't want you to be is a So We've got plenty of them, plenty of them running things in Washington, D.C. right now. I agree with that. So let's just dive right in. It's a busy Tuesday for your radio buddy. Going to be a track meet today. Uh, I am on the five once again uh, at 5 p.m. today and I will be on Gutfeld tonight at 11 uh, I have already been on the Faulkner Focus this morning. If you missed it, uh, we will post it on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. Uh, it is there, along with last night's hits on Laura Ingram and The Five. Uh, it's busy. It's crazy, uh, but we can do this. We got this, okay? Again, I'm used to sitting in traffic in a taxi getting cut off and shot at all day. We're not going to get taken out by four or five things to do on a television set. You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> So this is where we start with the Biden situation. We're really in a fascinating s- spot. OK, if you remember, this was what the 2020 campaign was supposed to be about. Biden had told us he decided to run for office because Donald Trump never condemned the white nationalists and the neo-Nazis down in Charlottesville.
0: And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally.
3: Oh, get out of here. You don't say. Oh, my. I, no. get. Come on now. I had no idea. That's the problem. OK, it started with the 2020 election, and apparently it's going to be their midterm message. The Democrats don't have a deliverable for the American people. And I'm not saying that as a Republican person. I am saying that as an American person. What I was hooting and hollering about in the summer of 2020 during that campaign is, hey, I'm a dad. I got a kid at home. Okay, I got a wife at home. Okay, we got bills, we got a dog, we got a cat. You hear a lot about Bixby. You don't hear a lot enough about Daisy. We got a 16-year-old cat who's just the belle of the ball. She's great. Okay, but the point is, as a guy who prioritizes what you prioritize, how am I gonna pay bills? How am I gonna get my kid an education? How are we gonna try to stay safe? You know, as a guy who prioritizes those things. I was yelling in the summer of 2020 calling this a battle for the soul of our nation doesn't actually give us a deliverable, meaning most of us who are concerned with eternal damnation are hanging out in church on Sunday. That's what we're doing uh, in the Fela House. You know, some days a sweating out a hangover. I'm
2: not going to lie. Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. Son.
3: But the point is, when we look for eternal damnation or salvation or anything therein, in, we don't go to Joe Biden. A supposed Catholic who espouses late-term abortion? No, we go to church. But Biden and the Democrats love things, like these sweeping generalities. Why? Because they don't require a deliverable. How does winning a battle for the soul of our nation get you a job? How does it get your kid an education? How does it keep you safe going to the store to buy those overpriced goods? How does it secure a border? Okay, at a time when fentanyl is poisoning and killing more Americans than anything else in this country between the ages of 18 to 45. Does winning the battle for the soul of our nation solve any of those problems? The answer would be no. Of course not. But that's why it's the perfect message and the centerpiece of the midterms for the Democratic Party. They don't want to improve your life. They don't want to solve problems. They want to run on problems. Tell it like it is. Okay. bottom line. Think about police reform. Okay, we burnt down 13 Democratic run cities in the summer of 2020, back during the first battle for the soul of our nation. That's what happened. Burn it down. And it was okay because we were like, it's okay. America's systemically racist. We've got to get rid of this guy that's been in office for three years and replace him with a guy who's been in office for 50 because America's systemically racist. We wouldn't want a guy who's been a part of it for three in there. When we could replace him with a guy who's actually been in Washington since the Klan was elected into office. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But the Democrats accomplished accomplished the end game, which was to get back power. Now we're learning the FBI helped them certainly censored the Hunter Biden laptop story, knowing it was a scam, not the story, but their effort to censor it. Okay, and they did ultimately retake the country. But since retaking leadership in this country, I mean, literally everything, everything has gone downhill. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I mean, really think about that for a second. Literally everything. Quality of life. Inflation, when Biden took over, 1%. Inflation right now, 9%. Border crossings at an 80-year low. Border crossings now at an all-time high, breaking the previous year's all-time high. Biden sucks. Okay, your gas prices... Still higher than anything you've ever paid in this last five years, okay? For points, there, the highest we had ever paid in this country, okay? We're watching an economy that has shrunk for two consecutive quarters, by definition, a recession. And they're telling us, no, it's not the truth. It's not a. Stop lying to us. Okay, but should we really be surprised? Because as we're talking about quality of life issues, we're also being told we can no longer define a woman. Because there aren't biological differences between men and women.
4: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
3: Okay, understand. In every quantifiable way, the quality of life has gone downhill in this country.
0: We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just,
3: they're not respecting our country the way they used to. So you understand, okay, they want to do a speech, a rebrand, Thursday night. Biden, I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding. Minutes before I came on the air, just filed with the FEC that he's running again in 2024. Don't be thick, all right? Now, him filing doesn't necessarily mean he's running, but it does give him the ability to start fundraising and posturing as if he will run which, of course, becomes a major headache for the Democrats. Why? Because none of them want to run anywhere near this guy in 2022.
5: That is correct.
3: OK, we've been playing you montage after montage of Democrats being asked about endorsing Joe Biden. Should Biden run again? And it's not enough that they won't answer the question. It's the, the body language. They could ask, are you here to endorse Joe Biden? No, I uh, no, I was uh I'm just meeting a hooker. Uh, No, I no, That would be embarrassing. No, I'm not meeting. a. By the way, what time is it? He should have been here right now. I mean, nobody wants to go anywhere near this guy. And here it is. I'll give you an example. Annette Taddeo. She's on CNN yesterday. She's asked flat out. Hey, do you want Biden to come campaign for you down in Florida? Listen to this clip 12. Would you like to see him come down to campaign with you?
1: Look, I know that I have my own campaign to win, and we will uh, get lots of help from lots of people. But at the end of the day, I know that the way that I win this race is by us actually telling my story, telling why we need a real representative. We have somebody right now that votes constantly against our community. Maria Elvira Salazar thinks this is a reality show, and this is real life.
0: Don't change the subject, just answer the question.
3: <laughs> uh, Seriously, lady. Don't change the subject, just answer the f***ing question. Uh, she did not answer the question. Nobody answers that question. Why? Because they want nothing to do with him running again. That's
4: true. That is true.
3: Never mind that he could never physically withstand the rigors of running a full campaign. He didn't have to run in 2020. He was allowed to stay home. OK, COVID allowed him to campaign over Zoom. It didn't go particularly well. And on the off chance that they did let him out of the house, oftentimes the beginning of the sentence didn't match the end of the sentence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by, go you know the, you know the things. So understand, that was him two and a half years ago. Can you imagine him two and a half years from now? No, of course not. And everybody knows that in the Democratic Party. But understand, Biden, you know, people like power. Jill Biden doesn't mind feeding him a pudding cup and pulling him out of the way of reporters, like she did in the video that was circulating yesterday. She doesn't mind. They want power. They want the lifestyle. OK? They want access to all of these luxuries that are afforded a president in this country. OK, But they don't have the means to actually do the job. We know that now, why? Because we've watched him do it for the last two and a half. You would last two years almost. OK? I mean, understand. By any objective measure, he's the worst president. He's the worst president we've ever seen in our lifetime. We've always had problems with inflation or gas or the border or crime. Never had them all under one guy. Never, ever, ever under one guy. Come on, man. But understand, that's why you're getting another rebrand. That's why you're getting terms like, oh, it's all MAGA. You know, ultra MAGA, mega MAGA. I can't believe it's not MAGA. That's why you're getting this crap because he can't run on his record. So he's trying to run on what he thinks you will believe, is the Republican record. Here it is. Here it's so fascinating. Here's Biden on Thursday, clip one.
6: We're at a serious moment in our nation's history. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy.
3: You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He doesn't know shame. This is a guy who ran on unity. I'm going to bring the country together. And then, and then proceeded to do what? Say that anybody who didn't agree with his position on Georgia's voter ID law was actually Jim Crow, but worse. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Think it. Jim Crow on steroids. Worse than Jim Crow. Not just Barry Bonds, 42 home runs a year, perennial all-star. No, Barry Bonds on steroids, 73 homers, and a swollen head. That's what he said people who wanted voter ID were the equivalent of. Mr. Unity moved the Major League Baseball All-Star game out to Denver, Give me a break. Told you it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Now you don't understand. The only reason we have COVID is because people won't get vaccinated. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, he's been vaccine boosted four times now in total, and he's gotten COVID twice. That's flown right out the window. But he didn't have a problem gaslighting the country and cutting it in half. Just the same as this Thursday night, he is going to give another speech about pretend fascism, fake white supremacy. Why? Because he's trying to protect you? Of course not. But because he's trying to protect himself.
4: You are correct, sir. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap, the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out of style. You can't hide Joe Biden's lies for all.
2: hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a guy you can hang out with in person. October the 15th, I will be at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, Iowa. It's a big theater. It's going to be a wild trip. Uh, you can get the tickets at Ticketmaster.com. I haven't been promoting this because I'm still trying to make peace with the fact that my weekend in Reno, my weekend in the Lake of the Ozarks have ended. I had so much time, uh, fun hanging out with you guys uh, both weekends. I, I, you know, our crowd is amazing. That's why I lose it. I lost it yesterday on The Five with Biden saying MAGA Republicans or white supremacists or fascists or whatever. No, you're not. Okay, I know you people, Okay, most of us in this country, like ninety nine point nine percent of us are way past race. We're not trying to take away anybody's rights. We actually want the government out of our lives. If we're being honest, that's what all the Republicans are fighting for. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But Biden is framing this. As a battle for the soul of our nation. Why? Because his priorities are not your priorities. His priority is power at all costs. Your priority is the well-being of yourself and your family. Okay, this is no differently than why Liz Cheney got thrown out of Wyoming. Okay, she was thrown right out of Wyoming. Why? It wasn't because she went against Trump, per se. You don't have to vote with Trump on every single issue. It's just that when inflation's at a 40-year high, the border's out of control. Okay, crime is at a 35-year spike in murders. Our priority is not political revenge on a guy who's not even in office anymore. That's why she's out. She's in a Republican state, and she lost by 40 points. Yet with a straight face, there are people in Washington who think she has a legitimate (laughs) shot to win the presidency in the year 2020. Twenty four. I mean, really think about that for a second. Can you imagine being that stupid? She lost her home Republican state by 40 points. No, no. What she needs is the rest of the country. Yo, if your home Republican state beats you by 40 points, you're not getting elected anywhere else in the country. I admire your honesty. But again, why is she in that position? Because her priorities are not yours. Her priority was stop Trump at all costs. That's the Biden priority. As as of Thursday night, he's speaking in Philadelphia, Independence Hall. Stop, stop Trump. Yo, we got to pay for groceries, man. We got to put gas in the car. The one thing about Trump that he doesn't mention is that none of those things were difficult under Trump, but they're damn well difficult under Biden, which is why he wants to make it about Trump. The thing that makes this show work, I talk about it a lot. We're going to talk about it in the next break is I'm going to give you a piece that is so illustrative of why the media has no idea what's going on in this country, okay? It's going to shock your conscience when I read you the... I mean, you talk about weapons grade stupid, okay? I, I say this as a guy who locks his keys in the car like twice a year, okay? No one, no one is copying off me on a test, okay? For, I wouldn't be the valedictorian in my graduating class if I was homeschooled. But the point is, I know stupid when I see stupid. And the media, the most self-righteous people you know, they're the stupidest people you are ever going to meet. Okay, and I will prove it with a piece, again, that is once again highlighting the fact that their priorities are not your priorities. Not in 2022, and certainly not in 2024, which we're going to discuss next when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. Also your TV pal. You can watch me uh, today. I will be back on The Five at 5 p.m. today. And then, of course, six hours after that, I'll be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. So if you're looking for some Fallon Vision. Turn those TV sets to Fox News. I don't know if you got Verizon like I do. That is 618 on the East Coast if you want to go high def. Although I got to be honest with you, I am standard definition pretty. Okay, if you turn on the five today at 5 p.m. Eastern and you look at this ex cab driver in high def, the joke's on you. No! Oh, no, no! <laughs> I've been pretty upfront about that fact. Okay, I am uh, no show pony. Uh, but as far as the radio is concerned, the discussion we're having right now. Very much piggybacks off what we opened the show on, which is the media, the Democratic Party, their priorities not being yours. And I highlight that because I was reading an article this morning. When I was prepping this show, which, again, I know is going to come as a shock to anybody who listens to this. <laughs> They're going to be like, wait, you guys you guys prep this show? Come on, man.
2: I don't know that I'm buying this. It's so crazy someplace else. <laughs> We're all stocked up here.
3: <laughs> you guys don't prep this show. But I'm telling you, I do. I read articles. I see what's going on in the world. And uh, this one just leapt off the page at me this morning. Okay? There is an article oh my goodness gracious, I, someone, the, the fact that someone was able to grab the composure needed to write the sentence I'm about to read to you is almost an achievement in like human discipline. And you talk about like contortionists and stuff like that. This sentence I'm about to read to you, but it's so illustrative of the divide between the political elites, the journalism elites, And the people who actually just live in this country and want to live their lives. You know, like I was yelling earlier that Biden's yelling, you're all a bunch of white supremacist fascists. And, you know, I said this yesterday on The Five. I've met most of you. I do a lot of events. Okay, I'm all over the country. I take plenty of your calls. And the God's honest truth is you guys don't care about any of the things they're pinning on you. You don't want to take away anybody's rights to vote. You're not trying to harm anybody along racial lines. I said this yesterday on The Five. And it's spot on true when it comes to this audience. Most of the people listening want to make a little money and drink a lot of beer. We're very basic people. We love the country. We want the government out of our way because we embrace something called freedom. That's what we're here for. I say it all the time, man. You want to get paid? (laughs) You want to have a couple of drinks? You want to have a couple of laughs? You know what I'm saying? Watch a good movie, have a good meal. Spend some time with your family. Maybe at the end of the night when everybody goes to bed, you know, you want to shack up with an attractive member of the opposite sex.
5: Hubba, hubba.
3: And again, even if it's an attractive member of the same sex. Hey, I don't care. This is America, man. Free-range chickens. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Which means you can form one with many. I don't care. No judgments. I'm not going to yuck your yum. But the point is I am so sick of them projecting their values onto you because it's never accurate, yet it's always the most self-righteous idiots among us who do this with the, you know, the most confidence. Let me read you this article. This is fascinating to me. Okay, as you know, Jenny and I were in California earlier this summer. We went out there. We did the 4th of July for Fox News from Santa Monica. We hang out with, uh, you know, we had a nice time over at Kennedy's. Uh, barbecue got a little carried away with the fork and knife, not going to lie.
4: You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're fat f- look at you.
3: I really do need an intervention. I am so fat on TV right now. I look like a talking ham. But as you know, I say this all the time on the show to the point of exhaustion. California is the world's largest outdoor toilet. It also happens to be the state that more people are moving out of than any other country, any other state in the country.
2: He knows what he's talking about. Think about that.
3: More people are fleeing California than any other state in the country. Look at states like restaurants. Okay, Florida has a three-hour wait to get seated. More people are moving to Florida than any other state in the country. Democrats want you to believe it sucks. Oh, it's oppressive. It's fascist. DeSantis is stripping their rights. He hates gay people. I can't believe it. Yet, though, why is the line... Three hours long to get in. It's like the old Yogi Berra-ism. The Yankees had a catcher named Yogi Berra, who was famous for saying things that contradicted the statement. One of the most famous Yogi-isms of all time is nobody goes to that restaurant anymore because it's way too crowded.
4: What the hell did you just say?
3: (laughs) No, nobody goes because it's too crowded. Well, if it's too crowded, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... People still go. I think
2: he's got a point.
3: Okay, but that's the state of Florida. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Everybody's moving to Florida. Everybody's leaving California. Okay, look at states as restaurants. And restaurants is apropos in the case of Gavin Newsom. Why? Because when Gavin Newsom shut down the entire state of California, you couldn't go to church, couldn't go to work, kid couldn't go to school. What did he get caught doing? Dining at the French laundry restaurant.
2: That's just how white folks will do you.
3: And that hypocrisy really burnt the balls of a lot of Americans who saw the double standard. That was the beginning of the double standard when it came to COVID lockdowns. Newsom going to the restaurant, Nancy Pelosi, while every single salon in in America in her district was closed, she went and got a blowout at a closed salon.
4: Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat.
3: Serious. I mean, nothing compared to the blowout her husband got in the tires after he drunk drove into a Jeep. (laughs) But the point is, the double standards of the elites really bother the working class. You know what else bothers the working class? Crime, inflation, homelessness, poverty, filth. One of the main reasons why everyone's leaving California. But knowing all that to be the case, it did not stop this. This is amazing. Gentleman by the name of uh, Dane Strother. I want to get his name right. I know this is a proud moment for him and his family to be displaying the level of intellect I'm about to share with you here in this article. Title of the article, it's on Real Clear Politics right now. Shout out to my man, Tom Bevan. Dane Stroh, the writes for Real Clear Politics Gavin Newsom will be president. The only question is when. Have you ever had a checkup? I'm going to ask again. This is the title of the article Gavin Newsom will be president. The only question (laughs) is when. Not even close. Here it is. Okay. And I want you to notice as I go through this article, the things he highlights and how they're so far out of touch with the things you highlight as the person who's actually pulling the voting lever. This is the problem in our country right now. Okay. We have people in Washington. We have people in elite media that have no connection to you. One of the reasons this show succeeds, I have no formal broadcast training, and it shows most days. I am the most basic, average, intellect human being you'll ever come across. It's a lethal combination because I'm a very relatable dude. And what I mean by that is if I was smarter, if I had more money, if I was better looking, I'd be hanging out with crowds that had nothing to do with you. <laughs> but I'm one of you, buddy. I'm one of you. I am a regular guy, okay? I have it. Found myself in a circle of prosperity that's completely insulated from real life, okay? I am very much a part of real life. I'm married to a great woman who is very active at our son's school. She teaches special needs children. Most of her family lives in the middle of the country, Okay, I've toured most of the country doing stand-up. I drove a cab dealing with everyday Americans and the rank and file from this planet and, of course, other planets. Believe me, you drive a taxi in New York City, I have met time travelers, hobbits, anything you can think of. But the point is these elites, okay, are in such a circle of prosperity that they can't even fathom to stop and think that they might be wrong. They have no self-awareness. So here's the article, and this is what he considers to be a case for Gavin Newsom's leadership for why you're going to vote for him. Okay, I've spent more than 30 years working in campaigns to help elect Democrats across the country. I personally worked for some of the best our party had to offer. Senator Lloyd Benson of Texas would walk into a room, and what was happening before he arrived was immediately adjusted as conversations stopped mid-sentence and heads swung. Former Atlanta Mayor Shirley Franklin also owned any room she entered. Our polling showed she probably should have been elected to the U.S. Senate, but her focus was on helping the city she loved. Yeah, I got to tell you, that Benston was such a head turner, except for when it was time to vote uh, in the presidential election of 1988. Uh, Didn't really uh, add much to the ticket uh, as they lost that election, but stick with me. My father helped create modern political consulting, and I recall him telling me one day as he was writing and producing the Democratic Party's official response to President Ronald Reagan's State of the Union address, That he was working at the time with a man who would one day be president, and Bill Clinton did it. As governor of Arkansas, Clinton could work a room with such charisma that people swooned, regardless of their political affiliation. Yeah, he could work an intern, too.
6: I believe that together we can make America great again.
3: And I'm not denying what he's saying about the it factor, but here he goes. The first time I encountered Gavin Newsom was at the 2016 Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. I was in the lobby of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. Where the DNC finance committee was staying. The scene vibrated with power and wealth as well known figures and party legends floated through the room. Then Newsom walked in. It was as if the 12 apostles raced to surround Jesus. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Gavin Newsom walked into the room, according to this writer. And it was as if the twelve apostles raced to surround Jesus. Don't you have any respect for yourself? The answer would be no. His admirers encircled him three deep. He owned the room before he was twenty feet into it. I understood what I was seeing. There is an undefinable it with very few politicians and newsome ha- <laughs> Newsom. And Newsom has it. Such an idiot. <laughs> As Republicans are working to make America 1950 again, clearly this guy writing without bias, and both Democrats and Republicans are once more litigating women's health and what history should be taught in our schools, Newsom is facing the future. Which is very interesting because Newsom, he's talking about how Newsom's taking us into the future. Newsom has taken his state back to an era where we didn't have indoor plumbing. (laughs) Is, is that really what the future holds, going big potty on the sidewalk? Anyway, he's cleverly creating a narrative he can sell in national democratic presidential primaries. Newsom runs the fifth largest economy in the world and has a record budget surplus. You can thank the federal government for that. He's proven to be pragmatic in steering the state towards huge declines in greenhouse gases while keeping refineries and a nuclear plant running. He won his election with 62 percent of the vote, easily defeated a well-funded recall effort and is cruising to a re-election victory in November. Despite the tumultuousness of COVID-19, unprecedented gasoline prices and high inflation, Newsom has already received some 1.4 million votes to his opponents, 346,000. His 2018 landslide win was the largest since Earl Warren won re-election in 1950. He's poised to do even better this time. He's creating a story to be told on the stump. This attractive man born to some affluence has prided himself on making California leadership reflect California's residents. Really? Are they all going potty on the sidewalk too? He pointed the first California Latino to the U.S. Senate, the first Latino to be attorney general, the first black secretary of state, and the first openly gay man to the Supreme Court. So again, diversity hires. Look, cheer for this guy. The nuclear power plant's running, we're cutting greenhouse gases, and we've got diversity. Never mind that crime isn't a 40-year high. And that millions of people are moving out of the state because of the filth and homelessness and mental health issues. When you hear he's got a budget surplus, that's not an endorsement. Okay, that's an indictment. If you've got a budget surplus, go fight crime, go fight mental health, go fight homelessness. But again, they're not highlighting any of those things because their priorities aren't yours. Bingo. Newsom is giving Democrats something to smile about by publicly tweaking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And though he was smart enough to pick fights with President Trump over COVID policies and to placate him when California needed federal help, uh, Newsom enjoys telling the story of Trump instructing him to rake the forests to fight forest fires. Newsom is also endearing himself to Democratic contributors and Uber elites by being a team player. He's repeatedly stated he will not run in 2024 primaries against Biden. Notably, he has not made the same promise about his fellow Californian and interstate rival who happens to serve as VP. Whether in two years or six, it's past time for both parties to usher in the next generation of presidential candidates. The Democratic bench is rock solid, but Newsom could be president of the class. <laughs> Dane Strother. This is the byline. A partner in Strother Knuckles Strategies is a it sounds like Strother Knuckle Draggers is a veteran Democratic strategist and communications consultant based in Washington, D.C. and Sacramento, California. And we insist he did not throw it in his mouth even a little when he wrote this article. <laughs> Yo, these are the elites in journalism. This is the Democratic Party. Rich, white liberals who live on the coasts and don't prioritize anything you do. And if you don't believe me, check the U-Haul rentals in the state of California and the one-way direction they're going in, which is not into L.A., it's all the way out.
4: Hate filthy cities with big homeless camps and all the pooping on the sidewalks. Let's leave the winos living on Melrose This town's a little bit too dirty For you and me, you bad girl Blowing in hot from the north We left it!
2: Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back.
3: Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Got a great day today. Governor, governor, gubernatorial candidate, Lee Zelda, coming up in the next hour. He is running in New York against, of course, Kathy Hochul who replaced Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Katie Pavlich will be here as well, Superstar Fox News contributor. Uh, two people very much in touch with what you prioritize. The theme in this hour has been the war on Republicans. It's very fascinating, but Biden announced that he's, you know, given a speech Thursday on the battle for the soul of our nation, which, if you remember, was what he based his 2020 campaign on. He famously told us, I'll repeat it, well, I decided to run for president... Because Donald Trump never condemned the neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville.
0: And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis
3: and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Wait, what? What do you mean here? Hold on a second now. This is politics as usual. It's all it is. And people who were brazenly political, they used to be able to get away with this. Say good things, do bad things, don't do anything that prioritizes your well-being. But when it comes to sweeping platitudes like we're saving America's soul from eternal damnation, listen, go to church in my family. Yes, we do. Uh, But America's soul is not going to pay a bill, keep us safe, get us an education, secure the border. You know what it is? Real leadership. And we don't have any right now anywhere in the country. That's true. That is true. Never mind that some of us are just sick of having our country bashed by the people running it into the ground. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. No, we are
2: not. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Put on
3: your dancing shoes. We are going out in this hour. New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin is going to stop by to discuss the war on Republican voters. Kathy Hochul, his opponent, telling anyone who's a Republican to get out of her state, they're not welcome here.
4: What the?
3: The world I mean, we're used to politicians going after each other, but going after the voters, I got to be honest, it's a little disgusting. I think he's got a point. We'll get into that as well as another looming problem for the Biden administration being the southern border. There was a little bit of a standoff yesterday in the White House press briefing room between Peter Ducey. The man with the best hair in all of cable news, although to be fair, he plays in a dome stadium. He's inside the White House. Border Bill Malusian, who I technically would rank second, is outdoor in the elements covering the southern border. By default, he should get the number one ranking. But we bring up the border, not because I want to make silly jokes about people's hair. I mean, (laughs) it's a thing we do on the
2: show. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real.
3: Yeah, there's no dispute about that. But what's dumber than me is the Biden border policy. OK, this became an issue because yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, on the other end of this battle with Peter Ducey, I'm about to play you, was asked about the fact that the U.S. Open is going on in tennis right now. And as you know, uh, number one player in the world, Novak Djokovic, is he won? He was somewhere. He's good. I forget where the rankings are. I haven't won. I got lost because I was talking about hair rankings as if they were such a thing. <laughs> the number one ranked player in the world cannot Compete in the US Open because of the vaccine policy. Can't be outside in a stadium 50 feet away from his opponent because COVID, okay, might be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay, but that being said, the US Open, our tennis tournament, is closed to unvaccinated people, but our southern border, wide open to unvaccinated people. Okay, Peter Ducey brought this up yesterday. And what's so fascinating about this, man, okay, we'll get into the board, we'll get into everything else, is that these are a people, okay, meaning the Biden administration, you know, 99% of them are diversity hires, not there based on merit or any ability to do the job whatsoever. They're just idiots who checked boxes that the Democratic Party prioritized. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Okay, but the point is. They're always, always in the game of optics, in the game of perception. That's where their minds are calibrated to go. So when Peter Ducey brings up this vaccine situation, she starts battling him over imagery. Again, imagery that she's trying to paint in your mind that isn't true. Like, Do you remember when Afghanistan collapsed and people were literally clinging to cargo jets leaving the airport in Kabul? Parents were throwing their babies over barbed wire fences in hopes that someone would just take them to a better life, because that's how dire life is under the Taliban. Well, Joe Biden tried telling us this was the most successful airlift in a history of America. You know, that's what he said. Okay, and unfortunately, in that moment, okay, what we saw was not success. We saw people desperately running for their lives. We saw parents abandoning their babies. Sadly, tragically, we saw 13 service members die. Not a good thing. And when you're telling people that the imagery that their eyes happen to be depicting in their brain is not the imagery that they think it is, these people stop respecting you after a while. They stop taking you seriously. I can tell you as a parent, there's nothing that infuriates parents more than when they know their kid is lying to them. Than when they say to your kid, like, hey, did you do something? And the kid's like, Yeah, I did. And you're like, No, no, you didn't. And the kid and you have proof. And the kid parades on and on. And no, I'm t- I did." And, no, and you're like, you just stop lying. It's fine. I'm not mad. We're talking about taking out the garbage. But you're still lying. You're still going to these lengths. And now, obviously, with some of the things we're discussing here, the border, the Afghan withdrawal, we are mad. And it's a lot more consequential than taking out the garbage. Sadly, in this instance, the garbage are the excuses being made by this administration. Okay, the people very much matter. But yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, how is it that we live in a country that won't let in unvaccinated tennis players in an outdoor tournament? But is willing to let millions of unvaccinated people walk across the border. Here is the exchange. And you'll notice at the end, Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to adjust the reality of what's going on. It's clip 15.
7: How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated, but world-class tennis players are not?
1: Are You're talking about which world-class tennis player? Novak Djokovic. So they're two different things. They're two different things.
7: So how is it two different things? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay.
1: But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah, like we actually no.
7: What, I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what what is
1: happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not. That's, that's not exactly how.
7: Exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Some of them turn themselves over. Some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening.
3: So understand, okay? what is her? They're not just walking over. What are they doing? Are they catapulting over? Are they hang gliding over? And regardless of what the method of transportation is, the point is they're coming into the country unvaccinated. But do you see how she's getting into a semantic debate? Do you see how she is trying to combat the imagery, the imagery that we've all seen? We've watched migrant caravans. We've watched people sadly drown in these rivers. We've watched some people be heroically rescued in these rivers, but we've watched millions. We have two million border encounters at our southern border this year where people have walked to the southern border. We have seen it two million times. But there is Corinne Jean-Pierre, diversity hire with a binder full of notes, has no idea what she's doing, trying to convince you that, well, wait, hold on a second now, this Peter Doocy fella. Let's not speak about the contradiction in vaccine status that you can't be outdoors playing tennis, but you can walk into the country by the millions unvaccinated. We don't want to have that debate. That's bad for us. So let's focus on the optics of what he just described, which is people running into the border. I'm going to go out and just tell the American people that nobody's walking across the border. That's what she just did. That's your White House press secretary, who straight up just lied her face off when it comes to what is happening. At the southern border. And understand again and again and again, I just, I care. I don't ever trash these people because I'm a Republican. I trash these people because I'm an American. Okay? The porous southern border is responsible. It is the leading cause of death. Death for Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. Not the leading cause of COVID or monkey pox or anything in between. Death. Okay, the indifference at our southern border is killing people in record numbers. Rather than talking about the security of our border, the vaccine policies at our border, no, what we're talking about instead is how are the people getting here? Oh, they're parachuting in. They're not walking across. No, they're swimming across. What is the point? Do you remember the movie Major League? In the movie Major League, there's a funny scene where a guy hits a home run against the Cleveland Indians. Guy hits a home run against the Cleveland Indians, and they're debating in the bleachers. The one guy goes, that's oh, too high. His buddy goes, what do you mean it was too high? He's like, well, you know, the trajectory of the ball as it went over the fence, you know, versus the— and then finally one guy interrupts him and goes, buddy, who, who gives a—it's <laughs> gone. Okay, that's the point. It's a home run. Who cares if it's too high or a line drive or there was too much of an arc? The point is, who gives a—it's <laughs> gone. Okay, and that's back to our southern border. He says, how come you can walk into the country unvaccinated? But, you know, if you've got an actual non-vaccinated tennis player, he's not allowed in. And what does she say? She says, no, no, that's not happening. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. And did she answer the question over whether or not there was a double standard in place? The answer would be no. Well, She ultimately got around to what she thought was an answer. But understand, even then, she invokes Title 42 and says migrants aren't coming in on foot. Yo, I work at the only major news network that covers the southern border. The only one, okay? And we cover it as a point of pride because we're people who care about the country and the carnage that's ensuing, not only on our side of the border, but on their side of the border. The people coming to this country, okay, you've seen a 100 of them suffocate in a tractor-trailer. 30% of the women who migrate to this country illegally get sexually assaulted on the way. We have empathy for those people. When we say shut the border, it's out of empathy. Because if you shut the border, they don't attempt this illegal, perilous journey. They come here legally, which is much safer for them and much safer for us. That's why we cover it. You will never, ever go a day in this administration without turning on Fox News on one of the shows and seeing groups of migrants walking into this country, boarding buses. You know, getting shipped to New York because we're trying down in Texas to get blue state mayors and governors to start paying attention to the border crisis and calling out biden folks this is an american failure it is a dereliction of duty at the border but these are the semantics they're interested in here is the rest of her answer clip 16.
7: why is there a cdc requirement for people to fly here as opposed to people that cross the southern border
1: look we have talked about title we have talked about title 42 right we not, have
7: this has nothing to do with title 42. it is it this title
1: is... 42 is the cdc uh, imperative and that you is guys
7: got rid of it because he said the pandemic
1: that's not, not that is that anymore. is not how it works it is not every title 42 is very much in place and that is the process so there is a CDC uh, there is a CDC provision for uh, folks coming through uh, coming through the southern border it is not just uh, it is not just for tennis players uh, migrants have also a CDC guidance that we have to follow which is title 42 so that is not the case that is factually wrong She's
3: worse than Kamala. I mean, she's weapons grade stupid. Because understand again and again and again what she's speaking to. Title 42, there's a CDC provision, there's CDC guidance. Sure, there is. But what she's not speaking directly to is the double standard on vaccines. Okay, do people have to be vaccinated? to be admitted into this country? The answer would be no. Not at all. Do they have to be vaccinated to be bused to another location? The answer would be no. Do they have to be vaccinated to be granted asylum status and set free in the country on the promise that they'll return to their hearing knowing 90% of the people don't? The answer would be no. That's the point he's making, and she's not speaking to that point. Why? Because like Joe Biden, Karine Jean-Pierre is completely full of (laughs) bottom line. And when it comes to the border, again, it's the front door of our house, dude. Every other country, every other major nation prioritizes border security because you want to know who's going in or out of the front door of your house. The reason you don't want your border wide open is not because you're racist or anything in between. It's because you're not an idiot. You know, unless, of course, you work in this administration in which there's no wall anywhere to be found because, you know, politics. (laughs)
4: is incomplete down on the border out in the heat where the cartels are playing because the wall is incomplete
2: you're listening to fox across america with jimmy phala
3: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin in the next break, batting leadoff, though. I want to get into some of the calls. Brandon is down in Longview, Texas. If ever there was a town to not have the name Brandon in, by the way. There we go. Uh, <laughs>
6: listen, uh, during the Trump administration, there was a lot of discussion about family separations at the border, obviously. Mm-hmm. Some of it was attenuation of Obama policy. And those separations, you know, were sad, and maybe the policies should have been you know change but anyway who is talking about the family separations here in the united states Mm -hmm. you know in my county out here there's a number of family separation separations in family court due to drug abuse Mm -hmm. and of course there's the ultimate family separation death by fentanyl so there are a lot of separations here in this country i would presume a lot more than occurred during the Trump and Obama administrations. Mm -hmm. And uh, that needs to be be a talking point. point.
3: Because another thing I would add to that, Brandon, is these families that, you know, You know, qualify for what we're describing as family separation at the border are actually being separated for the safety of the children because nine times out of ten, it's not a family. It's someone who has an asylum case that knows bringing a child will increase their chances of getting accepted into the country. So we started that policy all the way back under George W. Bush because we just wanted to make sure children were with people who had a right to be with these children. Um, And you're right to say, though, this indifference, because every one of these families we just described who get separated at The border get reunited. There's not one story out there, or believe me, it'd be all over the news of a family being separated under Trump and not being back together. Now that would be the only story we were talking about. They all eventually do even get reunited, but some of the other scenarios you described in this country never get reunited, and that's actually heartbreaking. uh, And that's something we should be prioritizing. But that's why I think Biden is losing the way he is. I, I just don't think his policies. I just don't think they care. Do you watch the border being a Texan and feel like they could ever with a straight? They say they care?
6: I would say not. And it's a big crisis also with the health care funding, which, by the way, non-citizens were not covered by by the Affordable Care Act. Yep. And uh, basically, uninsured are covered through Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. and through taxes paid by the citizens of Texas and provider taxes paid by the hospitals. And uh, there needs to be, there is a, a certain amount of Uh, federal contribution under these waivers, Mm -hmm. but the federal contribution needs to be increased for these multi-billion dollar waivers to cover Mm. All the the extra costs of these non citizens. It is huge.
3: No, hundred percent. You are from this day forward considered the good Brandon in this country, okay? Okay. All right. When you I see this, Brandon t-shirts. before
6: Brandon was cool and Brandon <laughs> before Brandon was weird.
3: <laughs> Just own it. There you go. Uh great call, my man. I'll see you again soon. Brody is down in Atlanta, Georgia. Yo, Brody. Hey, Jimmy. What's going on, man? I give I'm giving so you some of them- Go ahead.
8: Some of them saunter and some of them stroll, but most of them are limping 'cause because they just walked a thousand miles.
3: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and, like, again, that should not be the point of emphasis here. The fact that two million people are coming into the country illegally is the concern. It's not whether or not they took a skateboard or took an Uber. You know what I'm saying?
8: No doubt. But, hey, man, I just want to tell you how, how inspirational I, I find your, uh, oh your leap into success. If you can do it, man, I have no excuses.
3: <laughs> Yo, you could be Secretary of the Interior someday. You could be anything, Brody. Few have oh, done you know. more with less. I'm not kidding. I'll be on The Five today. It's the highest rated show on TV. I'll be on Gutfeld's, the highest rated late night show. And again, I showed up to this, as you know, with a community college degree. So you're right to say you could take over the world.
8: The American dream is alive and well. There it is. Hey, you uh, mm-hmm. you had spoke about how uh, these elected Democrats and, and Democrat office
3: seekers are yep. distancing themselves. Yeah, they want nothing together. to do with the guy. Give it to me in they 10 don't. seconds because we're going to hit a commercial break. Give it to me. Okay. Well, I'll just say that all of their diversity is
8: <laughs> in their looks because they all think exactly the same. <laughs> Spot on.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I've got to be honest, we almost didn't have this next guest. Because if the current governor of New York had her way, he'd be packing a U-Haul and moving to Florida. But instead, he is staying to run against her, and we're thankful for that. New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin back on the show. Hey, man. It's great to be with you. (laughs) Can you confirm that you're not heading south on Route 95 with all the furniture and the family? Ooh, I lost you. Maybe he is on 95 after all of that. Maybe he took he took Hochul's orders. It's like, screw it. I'm leaving the state really quick while we pick up his phone signal. Can you play me that clip one more time, Josh? This is Kathy Hochul, Governor Kathy Hochul, clip six.
1: We're here to say that the era of Trump. And Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Okay, get out of town. Get out of town. Because you don't re- you don't represent our values. You are not
3: New Yorkers. Wait, what? So Zeldin, you're there. You heard that, correct?
0: Yeah. Now listen, I I I'm not going anywhere. I'm born and raised New Yorker. I'm raising my family here. I'm staying to fight for this state. The only four years that I've left New York with the four years I was on active duty in the United States Army. Uh, I did take her advice a little bit. Uh, maybe I channeled my uh, inner Jimmy as to what he uh, would do if you were in this situation. The next day I got in my car and I went to Florida, New York, and I got endorsed by the mayor of Florida, New York, and we campaigned together. Uh, listen, it, it's not just an attack on... Her political opposition, she's going after me, it, on her own words, because of what I believe in. So now all of the millions of other New Yorkers who feel the same way that I do, are they all no longer New Yorkers? Do they have to get on a bus and leave the state too? Yeah, I mean, so. This is a bad attitude that makes this flight, this, this permanent flight out of New York that much worse. A lot of people are hitting their breaking point. A lot more people more likely to hit their breaking point and flee after seeing what she said.
3: Yeah, I mean, really. The state, we need the tax revenue, I mean, for that reason alone— Uh, You'd want people to stick around. uh, But obviously, for bigger reasons than that, I'm just fascinated because I've never seen a war on the voter. You know, I'm used to opponents going after each other. But the fact that they are just aiming their, you know, their verbal fire anyway on the voter, it's it's kind of psychotic to me. But I think it's part and parcel of them. They'd rather run on what they can convince people your character is than run on what people know their record is. Do you think this has anything to do with that?
0: I think that they do not want to talk about the issues that matter most to New Yorkers. The reason why New York leads the entire nation in population loss is because of rising crime, the higher cost of living, attacks on freedom, the erosion of the quality of education in our schools. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about that? I had challenged Kathy Hochul to finish this sentence. New York leads the entire nation in population loss because. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the answer to that. You know the answer to that. Yep. I don't even know if she knows. I'd love to hear her even try to, to spit that out. And, <laughs> and and you know what? Like We've reached this point in politics where they're running out of names to call the right. Yeah. And the next thing that's left is just the use of the word terrorist, which is a word that you use in, in you know, third world countries mm-hmm. elsewhere where everyone's political opposition is a terrorist. I'm running against Kathy Hochul because I believe that she's the wrong person to run this state. I'm not saying that she's no longer a New Yorker and demanding that she gets on the next bus and leaves for California. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm looking to be the governor for all New Yorkers. Clearly, she's just looking to be the governor for the New
3: Yorkers who agree with her and won't challenge her. That's a great point. We're talking to Lee Zeldin, uh representative in Congress, now running for the gubernatorial uh, mansion in New York. Um, I wanted to throw this at you though, because the one point of contention, this is where I think there's a fork in the road between you and my listeners. You're obviously a big supporter of Alvin Bragg and cashless bail. Um, how do you reconcile that with our audience? Uh, so
0: full disclaimer, uh, <laughs> You know, jumping in here uh, on behalf of myself, Jimmy, the listeners and, uh, And everyone who might be freaking out so far, Jimmy's joking, everybody. (laughs) The first thing that I would do, the first day that I am in office, right after I am sworn in, will be turning to the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, and telling him that he's being removed for his refusal to enforce the law. And people might be out there and say, well, how would you have that authority? It's in the New York State Constitution. We don't have recall elections in this state, but the governor is giving the the authority – To remove a district attorney who refuses to enforce the law. You mentioned cashless bail. That has to go as well. I believe that judges should have discretion to weigh dangerousness, flight risk, past criminal record, seriousness of the offense on far more offenses. You have people who are getting released to back out on the street. Like a few weeks ago, two Mexican cartel drug smugglers busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth. Stories coming out time and again of people released on Castle spell who shouldn't, and judges know better, but unfortunately in many cases they just don't have the discretion to do what we all know to be the right thing.
3: Yeah, it's it's that's a great point, man. It's it's so frustrating because somewhere along the line, like they started to conflate justice and decency with things other than right or wrong. I think it's like, you know, I I always hate to oversimplify things, but when it comes to stuff like, you know, cashless bail and sending bad guys to prison, this is just right or wrong stuff. It's not race stuff. There's no equity in anything, because the point I make a lot. Is when you let people out of jail in the name of equity, most violent crime occurs against members of the same race. So all you're really doing is hooking up the law breakers at the expense of the law abiders. No.
0: Yo, you're listen. You want to go next level deep in in analyzing this. Even the New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that judges should have discretion to weigh dangerousness. Rosie O'Donnell's brother is a New York State Assemblyman, <laughs> a white liberal Manhattan State mm-hmm. Assemblyman. Uh-huh. When when Eric Adams, the black mayor, said that we should have a dangerousness standard, Assemblyman O'Donnell went after mayor adams and he said that dangerousness is code for black you know, we, we, if we want to be honest with each other in this discussion first off you know mayor adams in this case is is right and there should be mm-hmm. uh, an ability for judges to have discretion away dangerousness and then you want to go next level to your point mm-hmm. is that you have a lot of people who are getting hurt by these policies they passed in new york something called the halt act mm-hmm. it went into effect on April 1st of this year, corrections officers cannot use the solitary, the tool of solitary confinement for more than 15 days. And by the way, solitary confinement is not what it you know once was or what you see in the movies. As a result, inmates are getting assaulted more. Yes, corrections officers are getting assaulted more in prisons. Other prison staff are as well, but so are inmates. So who are you fighting for? And by the way, you know, when we're, Demanding action. You know what we got in return? Mm -hmm. A week and a half ago, Kathy Hochul for her big act – to deal with what's going on inside of prisons. She says you can't call them inmates anymore. They are incarcerated individuals. Oh yeah, problem (laughs) solved. While some (laughs) inmates getting his ass kicked right now somewhere in a New York State
3: prison. (laughs) That's so true. Well, yes, an incarcerated person anyway. We're talking to Lee Zeldin. Have you ever seen a group of people just fight the wrong battles? I mean, because that's a lot of what's going on. Another example would be, okay, you're a Met guy but right next door in Flushing is the USO Open. And we keep laughing about this Djokovic story. You can't go play tennis without a vaccine. The US Open is closed to people who are unvaccinated, but the US border is not. Is there anything stupider?
0: Uh, and we're also talking about outdoor sports. Uh-huh. We're not even talking about you know something where, you know, it's two people wrestling on the mat indoors. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we're talking about people coming outside to enjoy a tennis match and uh, you know some of these these laws that you see right now in New York City there's a covid vaccine mandate except for there's an exception in New York if you if you're a celebrity mm-hmm. if you play for the Mets or the Yankees or the Knicks mm-hmm. well then you qualify you won't lose your job but if you're if you're just an NYPD officer if you're just a firefighter well, you're not a celebrity to qualify for the exemption. A lot of these rules are they defy science and and they don't recognize natural immunity. And there's a whole other issue here of of where we are at this moment, two and a half years into this pandemic. I, I really do believe that there should be a heck of a lot more common sense injected into this for anybody who wants to participate,
3: play, attend the the U.S. Open or otherwise. Imagine that. Well, listen, Lee Zeldin, we're, I, for one, I'm personally glad you haven't relocated to Florida. I, I'm not sure how much thought you gave it. Uh, we were nervous. But, no, it's, it's there's never been a dumber time to be alive, man. We talk about this every time you come on the show. And again, I don't ever feel like I should be a voice of reason in this country. I wasn't qualified like three years ago, four years ago. I didn't get any smarter. The country just got dumber. It's like we're playing in a really weak division right now on some level. You know, when like Ohio State will schedule like Middle Tennessee Valley State. I mean, that's kind of what the opposition is in this day and age. And
0: they actually have real power. We're not talking about minority party, yeah. rank and file backbenchers. Yeah, up in Albany right now, there are outsized power. There's outsized power granted to people who self-describe as socialists, mm-hmm. and they're actually running this show. Pro-criminal policies, tax and spend policies, and that's why New York leads the entire nation in population loss. No, uh, Jimmy, I do not plan on relocating down to Florida. I do plan on relocating. Up to Albany in January, you're more than welcome to come to (laughs) Albany. You should be there for our swearing-in. Pack warmly. Uh, But that's the direction I plan on heading is to Albany. But we need everyone involved in this. And by the way, wherever you are across the country, Mm -hmm. we all have to realize that this right to vote that we're given is also a duty. It's an obligation. It's a responsibility. We need to tell other people that as an American, you have an obligation to go out and vote November 8th.
3: That's a great point. And when you do get up there, again, I will compete, I will uh, repeat my promise. I'm going to bring you plenty of hand sanitizer for Cuomo's old office. I don't know if there is enough hand sanitizer in this world.
0: We might have to uh, do a special executive order to manufacture more.
3: <laughs> Lee Zeldin will not be turning on a black light uh, in the governor's mansion. You're the best, man. Keep keep playing good ball, okay? Yes, sir. Take care. Take Thanks, care, Jimmy. buddy. There he goes. The great Lee Zeldin. Your candidate for governor here in my home state of New York. Yo, you, you, you know, you listen to what he says. You're talking about prison. When you're talking about equity. When you're talking about all these dumb, I mean, every one of them is a dumb, woke policy. When you let people out of jail, criminals, violent criminals, you let them out of jail in the name of equity. Well, you know, can't lock up too many violent people. Because there's too many from one race or another race, and that's not equitable. So we'll let them out. Hey, folks, ninety percent of violent crime is committed against people of the same race. Correct the mundo. So let's say, for instance, you're gonna let white people out of violent criminals, white violent criminals out of jail in the name of equity. Okay? The rate of criminal recidivism in this country is above 90 percent, which means 90 percent of the time, the white people you're letting out of jail in the name of equity going to harm more white people, which means if you let black Americans out of jail, OK, violent criminals in the name of equity, 90 percent of the time, they're going to go out and harm more black Americans. No different with Latino Americans, Asian Americans, anything in between. OK, it's not about racism, not about black or white. It's about right or wrong. Okay. And when you start taking your criminal justice system and turning it woke in the name of achieving some type of representative imprisonment, okay, you know, they say with corporations, you know, get woke, go broke, and everything in between. Okay. Absolutely positively the case when it goes to inmates, because when you let people out in the name of woke, other people who look just like them get their arms and legs broke. Everything woke. Turns to
2: a show so good it's hard to describe.
4: It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know,
2: it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh,
6: And now, great moments in presidential history.
3: Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask
6: what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down
8: this wall.
6: I just spoke I just at Dartmouth, Dartmouth, at the medical school, or not? I, I guess I guess it wasn't actually on the campus, campus but the people from the medical school were at there. I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke.
3: We have a president that is clearly not all there. And people know that. But the breaking news on the show today, I'm not kidding, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden has uh, filed with the F.E.C. to run for president again. That is a true story. Joe Biden going to give it another go round according to the filings. Now, just so you understand, okay, filing with the F.E.C., is just allowing him to fundraise and configure things as if he's going to run again. I got to be honest with you. Joe Biden is not running again. I agree with that. Okay, Joe Biden didn't run in 2020. He was home. He was home on Zoom. You couldn't get him out there and subject him to the rigors of campaigning. This is what he sounded like two years ago. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone. I mean, not the best. Do you remember this one? He's a slam dunk. You know, the rapidly
6: rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. uh,
3: If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know anybody who can. I mean, the guy's a mess. But they are making the case that he wants to run again because the internal calculation for the Democratic Party is that they're trying. They're trying to sell this idea that Biden is on some type of a rebound right now because he passed student loan forgiveness. Okay, you know. We're going to give away $10,000 of debt forgiveness at the expense of the taxpayer. So the people who took out the loans won't have to pay for them. But the people who didn't take out the loans will. This is a win for Biden. (laughs) I promise it's not a win for Biden. It's not a win for Biden any way you slice it. Well, but he passed that other bill, the the Inflation Reduction Act, that drives up inflation. But, 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 but it spends a lot on climate change. This is a win for Biden. (laughs) Folks, they're trying to sell the perception that Biden's on a hot streak right now, as he does wildly unpopular things, because this is how political elites think. Like, remember when they wouldn't call a recession a recession, even though their own technical definition of recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP? But they were like, No, no, we're changing the definition. Cause you know, the American people are too stupid to know the difference. Well, they say I'm not in a recession. So even though my money has gone and I, I can't have a job, uh, they said it's OK. Like, that's what they think of you. And that's why they're trying to sell you this idea that he's on a hot streak. Ergo, he's filing to run again now because they think it gives the Democrats momentum heading into the midterms. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. We say they're, they're trying to lean in. They're trying to say, no, no, let's say he's running again. We've either got to get a hell away from Joe Biden. Or we've just got to lean in and say it's going well. And apparently they have made the decision to tell the American people that things are going well under Joe Biden. That is offensive and it is not true. I'm telling you because I care. You, a two-year-old, okay, would hear
2: that statement and say,
4: This is total crap.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 look who
3: is back in action for hour number three on the world-famous Fox Across America with your main man Jimmy Fallon. We got Katie Pavlich coming in to back me up in this hour. We're going to the bullpen. Apparently the starting pitcher looks a little tired Threw a lot of pitches in the first two hours. Like, we're going to bring in Padlich. Uh, So she's going to be here. She's, of course, the townhall.com editor, a Fox News contributor, one of the most brilliant political minds uh, of our time. Uh, Always a high honor to have her on the show. And a high honor to have you joining me as well, 888-788-9910. If you want to call in, you know the rules. We say them so much on this show, man. Just, you know, be a Republican, be a Democrat, please. By all means, whatever you do, wherever the road may take you, however direction this day happens to go in, whatever the universal GPS has in mind for your fate today, if you do call into the show, just don't be a <laughs> That is all. It's all we ever ask, because Lord knows if you look around the world of politics, we got plenty of <laughs> There are no shortages. Uh There's one right now who happens to be the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, uh, who made a couple of headlines yesterday. Kamala's awful with
4: her weird laugh.
3: (laughs) But it goes beyond the weird laugh in this instance. So Kamala yesterday is down the Cape Canaveral, Florida, for the launch of the Artemis rocket, which, of course, ran into some engine leaks and problems in between and didn't wind up taking off. A failure to launch situation. Very metaphoric for this administration and that we were promised big things. If you remember, the adults were back in the room. That's what the media said.
9: Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults
1: are back in the room.
3: It it seems as though we have a uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I
1: would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now
3: we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um,
1: There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We
3: have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious.
2: I mean... I'm surrounded by idiots.
3: That's what we were told, though, by the media. We were told, oh, you don't understand. Now we got the adults back in the room. The media is a bunch of losers. I mean, think about this. The adults are back in the room. That's what we were told. Now, with the adults out of the room, inflation was at 1%. Illegal border crossings were down by 80%. Gas was $1.89. You know what the price of gas is right now?
4: No!
3: no, no! It's the actual price. You can't even ask the guy at the pump. You're like, hey, what, what, what do you got over there for 93? He just screams. Can't even say the words. OK, this country's in a bad spot. We've seen an overall decline in the quality of life in this in this administration that is you know, generational. We have not witnessed this in our lifetime. OK, they're really doing horrific things. But as the adults in the room suffering from historically low poll numbers, I mean, it's time to put a lot of these adults into a home, if we're being honest but if you want to talk about the people like Kamala and the folks that are probably driving the Biden presidency because let's be clear Biden's not in charge nobody thinks he's in charge this presidency has always been about executive order and even when they are passing bills what are they doing with bills they're passing them under different names think of the climate change game, you know bill they just passed like ah oh, this is a historic bill it fights climate change okay well the fighting climate change is so important Why did you have to pass the bill under inflation reduction? I think he's got a point. Especially when the own congressional budget office tells us it doesn't reduce inflation. Okay, think about that. Does not reduce inflation. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act. Think about that. Okay, that's what we're talking about. But ultimately, all it really does is force you to spend more of your tax dollars On climate change. Pay up, suckers. But this is what the adults are doing in the room. They're prioritizing things you don't care about. Now the adults are trying to take away personal responsibility from people who took out student loans. Okay, forget self-reliance. Forget all of the things that make you successful in adult life. They now want to tell you. No, no, no. Think about. I mean, really think about this. We got got to get rid of the student loan forgiveness because people made decisions at 18 they wound up regretting. Okay, fine. Fair. I mean, we all have. Trust me, my wife made a decision at the age of 25 that she wound up regretting. Uh, But I'm happy to say we're still together to this day. Uh, But the point is, I get that adults make decisions and things go the other way. But part of being an adult is owning your decisions. Part of getting ahead in life and being self-sufficient is accountability. But the bigger part of the issue of student loan forgiveness is what? Why do they have this debt? Because they're getting charged a bazillion dollar for college. Okay, is there anything in student loan forgiveness that would address the cost of college? The answer would be no. Of course not. And there's nothing in it that addresses personal responsibility. So you're making the problem worse. The colleges can keep on charging. The people can keep taking out these dumb loans. And in the end, the taxpayer can keep paying up. Because when it comes time to buy another round of votes, that's what the Democrats are going to say to you. Please give us money. That's everything. Student loan forgiveness. Biden's polling with young voters. Okay, he has fallen by 30 points with people under the age of 30. They determine elections for him. Okay, so naturally, I don't know. Maybe we should. Oh, I don't know. Forgive some of their student loans. Forget about the problem of the cost of college. Forget about the issue of personal responsibility. Just please give us money. You got more tax money. okay? again and again and again, we keep being told this is somehow paid for. But every time somebody asks the administration who's paying, they can't give you an answer. Why can't they give you an answer? Because the person who's paying is you. Bingo. They just added 87,000 new IRS agents. Now they'll tell you, well, it's not technically 87,000. Some of them are retiring. There are replacements. Some of these are weekend agents. If a train leaves Chicago at the same time a man gets on the car in Port St. Lucie, Florida, Like the point is, okay, you don't expand the size of the IRS because you're going to do less auditing of the middle class. The middle class is 60% of the tax base in this country. They keep demonizing the rich all to 1%. But understand, not all rich people are criminals. The class warfare that the Democrats use to sell their agenda is disgusting. Okay, because not all rich people get rich by being criminals. Maybe in their worldview they do. Maybe that makes sense. If you're surrounded by people who make $170,000 a year in Congress but are somehow worth $30 million, you say to yourself, everybody must be a criminal. We are. But the fact remains, not all rich people are criminals. And even the ones who are can afford lawyers and accountants and prolong these audits and force the IRS into some type of a settlement. They do it all the time. So this idea that we could just give stuff away in Washington and the poor and the middle class aren't going to have to pay for it is complete garbage.
1: Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement.
3: And understand, there has been an internal calculation because they know they have not explained who is paying for this debt. It's not being forgiven. The colleges still want their money, which means we're going to pay it off with interest. But every time someone in this administration is asked about who's paying the response becomes well the Republicans wanted tax cuts for the rich Democrats are so full of crap I mean really think that's what they come back with which is not who's paying but here it is Kamala Harris is asked in Cape Canaveral Florida she's down there for the rocket launch who's paying It's clip 26
9: a lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans.
3: Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. Think about that. Hey, who's paying for this? Here's her answer again. Clip 26.
9: A lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans.
3: Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, the answer is no. She doesn't answer the question. Because they know the answer is not an answer any of you are going to wind up being happy with. Pay up, suckers. Bottom line. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre saying deficit reduction is going to pay for it. Clip 27.
1: President does believe, and you heard him say this directly, not just here at the podium, that the amount of deficit reduction we've seen is enough uh, to pay for this program. That's one of the many reasons this action was is well justified in, in our eyes. Uh, and remember, uh, you know we're on track to cut, as you were alluding to, the deficit down by 1.7 trillion by the end of this year, and uh, and including the Inflation Reduction Act will reduce the deficit by another uh, trillion over the next decade. I mean. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House.
3: Oh, so we're going to we're just going to take Joe Biden's word for it, that it's deficit reduction. You got to do better than that. All right. Joe Biden gave us his word a year ago this week that the Afghan army wasn't going to collapse. Joe Biden gave us his word that he was going to unify the country and then said anyone who doesn't agree with him is Jim Crow on steroids. Joe Biden gave us his word that it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Are you noticing a trend here? Okay, Joe Biden is full of and anybody who agrees with him, okay, is as big of a clown as he is. Patrick's on the line in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yo, Patrick. Hey, Jimmy, good to hear you. I'm saying there's an
5: important thing that's missing from this. Mm -hmm. And I believe that education is a product. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like what made this product so that we don't have to pay it back or get it forgiven? It's like if I went into a fancy restaurant, but on a Burger King budget. And I said, I want to order it. And then I make everybody else in the room pay for it. Yep. And I should have been going to Burger King to eat because <laughs> that's what I could afford. Listen, you. and just, that's the yeah.
3: thing is yes. and that's what's
5: upsetting these voters. Oh, and no, no question. The,
3: the, go ahead. oh, go ahead. No, all I was going to say is, again, the frustration here is this was a voluntary loan. If you were really going to yeah. go as far as making us pay for other people's hardships, I would say focus on things that are involuntary. If it's someone's health, if someone's a victim of some kind of, you know, something like that. All right, then, yeah, maybe we're compassionate people. We do this. But the idea that able-bodied people took out loans and we're supposed to bear the responsibility for those loans, it it is insane. And they have no answer for this. When they're asked how is it fair, they pivot to eat the rich, you know.
5: They don't. And They don't look at it as a product. They think it is. It's a product. Yep. And the thing is the other thing is is i've um I was in a conference for what I do, and I got to talk to someone from Washington about loan forgiveness and student debt, and he mm-hmm. says they they talk about it, but he says even inside the polling of the Democrats, they did not want this to happen just because of mm-hmm. what it's doing now, yep, and the thing is is they talk about it, but they'll never complete it, and that's the one thing is is that if it, i don't you have to wait until somebody
3: actually gets money in their hand. Mm -hmm. And all they do is talk about it right now. Well, I I think their hope is that this they don't want this to happen. They want credit for it, you know, being on the docket. So some young voters turn out and vote for them. But in a perfect world post midterm, it doesn't actually go down and they can at least say, hey, we tried to help, but the Republicans wouldn't help us because for them. Yeah, go ahead. So, as I would
5: say, that's what's going to happen in October. They're, they'll try to pass it somehow mm-hmm. through uh, Congress and say, "Look, they didn't help us, so vote for us in yep. November." And it'll never materialize,
3: but yep. you know. But in the long <sighs> run, they will help people, the Republicans, if they kill the bill by teaching them personal responsibility. And you know, I don't know, maybe having a little fairness in society. But Patrick, really quick, since you opened this conversation with a Burger King reference, uh, what is the go-to for you at Burger King? What do you eat? I'm starving. Oh, de- de- it's definitely
5: double Whopper with extra pickle.
3: It <laughs> sounds so good, man. I have TV <laughs> after this, and I usually do TV on like an almost empty stomach because if I'm full, I'm a fat guy. When I'm full, I'm content. I don't try as hard. So I have to keep the show pony lean and mean. But you just said Burger King, dude, and it just kneecapped all of my will. <laughs> this is not good.
5: Oh, Patrick. <laughs> like bur- hey, you're yep. we'll one day from Whopper Wednesday if you can hold out, you
3: know. Oh, just stop talking, Patrick. That's a listen. man that's enough out of you good points otherwise Patrick
4: (laughs) get him out of here get him
3: out I'm saying now Fox is sending the guy back into the studio that smacks the food out of my hand thanks for nothing Patrick
4: put that cookie down now
2: you're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy I
3: enjoyed it it was an unbelievably
5: interesting experience
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Katie Pavlich on deck. Town Hall editor, Fox News contributor. Damn good friend of the show. Uh, batting leadoff, though, her opening act. Uh, Jerome out of in Rolla, Missouri. Yo, Jerome! Hey, Jimmy! My man, how you living? I'm rolling down the road, brother. you damn right you are. You I, are Mr. Breeze. I think it's... I think this is the second time
8: I've talked to you rolling through Missouri.
3: Yes, it is. I actually, it's funny because I have it on my call screen. Uh, you are there's a the Mister Breeze song by Leonard Skinner. You're always just rolling down the road, man. That's you.
8: Uh, that's right. Call me the breeze, brother.
3: Well, let me tell you. All right, hey, hold you know, on. I, I'll make you a campaign I, promise, really quick. I you might be okay. on the you might be on the road when I'm on the five later. Uh, but they uh, always for the break that we host coming in and out of commercial. Let us pick the music. And uh, for Uh, everyone listening, I will keep this campaign promise. I'll make sure from my break we come in on Mr. Breeze. How about that?
8: That'd be be cool, brother. i would be cool. At least I can do it. What about Leonard Skinner now?
3: Oh, there you go. (laughs) Well, well, it'll be there for you. That's my campaign promise. (laughs) Moving on, though. So what do you think is going on here with this whole student loan thing?
8: Well, this whole student loan thing is just another way, the only way that they can get back at Trump voters. Mm Mm-hmm. The MAGA voters, you know how they've talked about no. it all week, calling us fascists, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he don't support the MAGA crowd, mm-hmm. and all that, that that's just a, a way that they can get at our, at our get our vote, you know.
2: Yep. Nope. And
8: it's it's just, that's just another way to stick it to us, you know how the government is. Well, the working man ain't got a chance.
3: No, not right now, because this is the thing, okay? They want to call MAGA voters, you know, conservative Trump people, every name in the book, because what they're trying to do is justify the abuse. That's what they're, they're trying to sell their side. Hey, these people, like you said, are fascist and racist and everything in between. Ergo, we're going to screw them over in every way imaginable, whether it's the Justice Department or the IRS. Yes, and that's you're, you're spot on. But what's so fascinating is guys like you and me, Jerome, are regular guys. We didn't spend our lives yeah. in like elite academic institutions, but we can see through yeah. this. And that's what happened is to like the elites, they got, uh, they're dumber than us now. There was a time when they were smarter, yeah. but we're actually the the smarter yeah. guys now it wasn't supposed to be that way but that's reality
4: yeah
8: uh, that's that thing about it is you know i lost my job during covid i used to work at a factory mm-hmm. and we had to do these classes and being covid was uh shut everything down then i couldn't get those classes in and i ended up getting fired over it so i kept you know being being the man that i am i've always had a job ever since i was in that 10th grade, a a job getting paid. And, you know, so I had to take part of my retirement to pay for trucking school because I decided I'll just be a trucker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I pay, you know, the $5,000 is actually Mm 6,000, but they give us 10% off being they needed them so bad. So here I have to take part of my retirement just to get another job, you know, Yep, and, 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 I've worked all my life, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's just so sad that I'm going to have to pay for somebody that decided to go to college and, and take some kind of gay dancing or something like that. You know, well, how did you put it the other day?
3: Yeah. Well, listen, they, Yeah, th- those jobs don't generally come like those degrees don't really come with jobs, per se. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I mean, you, you might wind up well, doing the job in a hotel room. I mean, but not an actual public <laughs> sector job.
8: Uh, you get That's, it. That sounds like prostitution to me. <laughs> listen, I'm not going to
3: touch that. Uh, but listen, Mr. Breeze, if you catch the five later, I'll post it somewhere online. You I will play that song in your honor. Great call, Jerome. Now I'm a DJ just playing music request. Actually, I requested it for them, but I'm good like that. I'll come through. You guys are my people. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I normally bring on this next guest with some razzle-dazzle intro about fashion, but I'm going to go easy because she was partying at a concert last night. She's probably still hungover. <laughs> Town Hall editor, Fox News contributor Katie Pavlich in the house. Hey, girl.
9: <laughs> yeah, Michael Bublé. Total <laughs> rager.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the mosh pit like at a Michael Bublé concert? It's not that bad, right?
9: i, mean, I got to say, it was pretty amazing. It was a great concert, but well, the, there was no mosh pit. Everything not- was very tame. There's some people in tuxedos. The fashion was actually very classy.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like his crowd. It's like a Rat Pack, like a Frank Sinatra crowd. And I only know that because Jenny Phala, my wife, she is actually very pro-Michael Bublé. So when I saw that post, I told Jenny we had a laugh. And then I almost thought about like, hey, if you ever want to go to another Michael Bublé, you should take Jenny. But for your own sake and safety, I will not advocate for that. Reason being, Katie Pavlich, is there is (laughs) nothing more lethal than a married woman with a babysitter who's out for the night. These, that
4: is true. Yeah, you don't want to party that is with that. True.
3: You'd rather go out with like a fraternity. Yeah. You'd rather go out with anything than go out with a, you know, married mom with a sitter. It's always she's like a population control device. <laughs> oh my god. But,
9: well, I wouldn't know, but I will I will take notes on that.
3: I'm just telling you I'm telling master. you cuz I but care. It
9: was a great time. I highly recommend people go see him. He was super pro-American. It was a fun show. He's actually very funny as well,
3: yes. so people people will enjoy. No, I'm on it. So this is it's like a thing. Like it really rang true with me because this Jenny Jenny was pro buble and like back in the era of like picking out a wedding song and everything like that. He was a frequent source of conversation. So I'm just telling you, you're getting a lot of airtime in the Fela house. That's all. We move on. Yes, yeah, we we, we move yeah. on. I digress. Um, we're being told this Thursday, there'll be a speech out of the president that we're in another, we're in another battle for the soul of our nation. Oh, um, straw man fascism is what I call this. It's absurd, but I mean, is this essentially just an admission that there's nothing to run on?
9: Yeah. So he, you know, a few things. Mm -hmm. Clearly he can't talk about the economy, Mm -hmm. uh, the student loan situation that they've just you know, put into play is already backfiring in races where it's going to matter, like in Ohio, for example, even in Pennsylvania. uh, They're like, oh, it's going to get young people out for the midterms. (laughs) And young people don't get out for general elections. They really don't come out for midterms. Um, And a lot of young people are actually upset that they would go, you know, to college and, you know, if their parents screamed and saved for them to go to college and then to have others have their phones, quote, you know, reallocated. To those who maybe didn't go to college, or those who saved for college uh, to pay it off, is is a frustrating thing. So, if you go back to October of 2020, when I heard that mm-hmm. he's doing the Soul of the Nation tour <laughs> on on Thursday night, the yeah. primetime guest, I said, I I remember. I said that sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, Battle for the Soul of the Nation, and of course it was familiar because we covered the 2020 election, yep. and that was Joe Biden's campaign slogan. And he, in October 2020, stood at Gettysburg and gave this whole speech about the Civil War and Abraham Lincoln and the importance of unity and how a house divided cannot stand and how he will be a president for everybody, not just the president, but an American president who represents everyone. Um, of course, none of that is true. Uh, he talked about wanting to be a bipartisan president. Uh, he just this week called NAGA Republicans, semi-fascists, and then wouldn't just define the term at the same time. The FBI is under fire and the IRS for going against and and using power of the federal government to attack his political enemies. And if you look at his record, you know, the American Rescue Plan, uh, this new Build Back Better, you know, quote, skinny version that he got Joe Manchin to sign on over the summer, they're all passed with Democratic votes. Uh, There was no bipartisanship on these big-ticket issues. Um, So I'm interested to see what he's going to say on Thursday night. I think it's set up for 24. You know, We're getting ready here to get into the season after Labor Day. Timing's interesting. They're doing it before the long weekend. Mm -hmm. You think they'd want to do it next week when things really kick off after Labor Day. Um, But, hey, they're going to try to get a win on the board here this
3: week. But (laughs) I can't
9: imagine what he's going to say will actually be true.
3: Well, yeah, there's that. We're talking to Katie Pavlich, if you're just joining us. Uh, I, you know, I can't imagine he's even in charge of what he's going to say. I think that's the bigger issue. But I think to stay focused, you know, if you know, Katie Pavlich, that and we do that, they're going to make, you know, semi fascism, the, the centerpiece for their midterm message. If you know that on one hand, isn't it impossible to believe on the other that they had nothing to do with the FBI raid on the guy they're blaming semi fascism on? <laughs>
9: Well, it's interesting because Terry McAuliffe, who lost a year ago to Glenn Youngkin, Glenn mm-hmm. Youngkin was actually behind in the polling last year at this exact time, went on—I it was MSNBC or CNN, one of the two—and and said, "Look, guys, the way to win the, the midterms is not to talk about Trump. It's not to call these mm-hmm. people names. It's to talk about accomplishments and policy and the issues that people care about, like the economy and inflation." Uh, the Biden administration is clearly taking the opposite tack. You know, the ultra MAGA. The semi-fascist, um, you know, the the racist accusations that they continue, they'll definitely use the Dobbs decision uh, as a way to argue that Republicans are taking away your rights and the senators who voted for these fascist Supreme Court justices need to be held accountable. And the way you do that is by electing Democrats. Um, but that didn't work for Terry McAuliffe in, in blue Virginia. So we'll see if it works out on the campaign trail for these candidates who are running away from Joe Biden. And there's this huge disconnect between what the White House is saying as the head of the party and Joe Biden and what candidates are trying to focus on. Tim Ryan in Ohio is one of them, right? He does not want Joe Biden to come campaign for him. He has been – very vocal mm-hmm. against this student loan bailout uh, and real ca- allocation of, of debt to mm-hmm. the working class in Ohio. And there's just this disconnect with with the Democratic Party as well in the sense they've been trying to get back to this idea that they are the party of the working class, mm-hmm. of the blue-collar guy. Yeah. Uh, and yet they just you know, did this loan thing when mm-hmm. 68% of the country doesn't have a college degree.
4: Yep.
9: 68%? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So that's just they're just solidifying that uh, as they the rhetoric is not matching up with the actions on that at all
3: it's so true katie pavlich i i, I would like uh as someone who did some things in my twenties, I would like blackjack forgiveness, like I've given casinos <laughs> a lot of money. Think about it, where is that i mean that that hamstrung my development that's I spent my thirties driving a cab because I spent my twenties playing blackjack, so wow, yeah, why not? How about that? How about that bailout? And you know what's funny?
9: Yeah, I, I would love a fashion bailout. You know, oh. <laughs> there's lots of things that we could do. Uh, fashion mafia. If we just had a
4: bailout fund Yo, for our expensive purchases.
3: If you want to talk about this, I'm not kidding. So I was in, I was in um, Kansas City. Uh, I was I was in Kansas City for a stand-up gig. Then I was in Reno, back to back weeks. Two places that are like the cowboy boot capital of the world. And mm-hmm. I got these boots that are so out. They're they're amazing. They're my favorite things. It's it's taken so much not to just post it and tag you in it because I didn't know where you were going to be in society. Um, but I, <laughs> I I almost have to send you this now. I will message you on Twitter. Uh, I may yeah. wear them. Like I'm I might wear them on the five later or wear them on Gutfeld or something like this. But they're not. There's a thing. Yeah. They're not. They're not like the cry for help stuff I normally wear. They're like loud and bedazzled. I believe you called my my one leopard print thing. Carol Baskin shoes.
9: I did. I did. I was a
3: little <laughs> watch. The 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 general in the fashion army training fire on the soldiers. I didn't I appreciate to that. found like,
9: accountability here. You know, we do have true. to have some standards. No, it's, it's not allowed in the mafia. Not at all.
3: Well, what's it's not what,
9: killing everybody and feeding them to tigers anyway?
3: <laughs> well, what's yeah? What's funny is that you know I tried to downplay your comments, but if you've noticed, I've never worn them again. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, you know, Katie just joking. She don't mean it. I threw them out. I don't even own them anymore. I,
9: I, I did mean it for those ones. I did. I, know. I did. Well, I gotta... uh, but I did love your comments yesterday on The Five oh. where you guys were talking about the, the alligator as mm-hmm. the emotional support animal on a leash. <laughs> and I love that you turned to Joey Jones and you asked him, don't you prefer your alligators in a pair of boots? And I loved that because that's exactly what we tried to do with my new Fox Nation special yep. in one of the episodes. So
3: mm-hmm.
9: I appreciated that comment.
3: <laughs> So where are we now? Okay, everybody's watching this. They're, they're watching you on Fox Nation. You're in all of these elegant, high class hunting lodges and stuff like that. And everyone who's called into the show about you, because sometimes you know when the guests get leave, we take calls, we get messages. Okay, everyone is convinced, Katie Pavlich. Since you brought it up, and I was, you were going to get out of this interview without this coming up. But everybody is convinced <laughs> that this special has B-roll footage that would shock the conscience, whether it's you shooting things or you shooting tequila. Can you confirm? Confirm that it's out there because we don't want these people to go looking for it on their own.
9: I, I there. I, I will. I'm not going to confirm or deny the shooting tequila allegation, <laughs> but I will confirm the shooting. Things allegation. So you'll just have to tune in to watch. There's also fishing for things as
3: well. Yeah, no, I was, I didn't see the fishing stuff, but I was told the shooting is outrageous. So we were just, we were just in Reno. You got to understand how this works. When I meet people in a meet and greet, because it's radio, we spend a lot of time together on the air. We talk about all kinds of stuff, and everybody hears you say something that matters differently to them. You know what I mean? So it might be a day where you talked about the border for three hours, but you make one comment about Super Bowl two, and somebody has like a Len Mm -hmm. Dawson story from the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Len week in <laughs> Reno, I sat and played blackjack with a guy for an hour that talked to me about you. And it began with, oh no, she's the greatest. Really? I love her. She's the best. By the end, I was like, Katie Pavlich can kiss my ass. I can't stand Katie Pavlich. <laughs> it was on and on. And he was like, but I'm not kidding. Well, like, I don't blame you. <laughs> I was just payback for the Carol Baskin comment. But the exactly. point is, no. You probably told him I was terrible. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. But the people who come up to me, you understand, okay, they're all of are and this is why i lost it yesterday like i almost dropped an f-bomb since we're bringing up the five okay when they (laughs) slander like republican voters you meet them i meet them they're the most wonderful people you'll ever Mm -hmm. they don't care about anything that's dumped on them like fascism or restricting rights or attacking women or gay people they don't care about any of that they just want to make money drink beer and cook stuff and shoot stuff right
9: yeah, the left is so miserable now. I mean, the Republicans uh, voters are the people who really have who should have the "Hate Has No Home Here" sign in their yard. But the so people true. who have those signs are the miserable people, <laughs> right? You know that the people in those those houses are absolutely miserable if they have that sign because they have to show it to you. Yep. Whereas Republican voters just want to want you to leave them alone. They want to keep more of their money. They want to get to know people. They they don't want you to meddle in their lives or to think that everything's offensive. Uh, and they're great, great people. Like you said, you meet them all over the country. I get to meet them. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. Uh, and so when they're smeared as, as semi-fascist, whatever that even means, it's like if you're going to call people semi-fascist, just call them the full fascist. Like don't insult them by yeah. using a semi in front of it,
4: right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's
9: absurd. It's, uh, and they're so out of touch in, in this town where I am, in Washington, D.C., with the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And it's just it comes clearer and clearer every single day. And as we started this conversation with Joe Biden, speech on Thursday. Uh, You know, Joe is not the Joe from Scranton, okay? He spends his time between Washington, D.C. and his beach house in Delaware, and he's been doing that for 30 years thanks to Hunter Biden. So that's who he is. He's not in touch with the working man and working woman in this country. His policy positions and actions prove that, and he's going to claim on Thursday that he's actually interested in unity while at the same time calling half the country, quote, semi-fascist. It's (laughs) Unbelievable!
3: It really is. It's so fascinating. I mean, there's just a weapons-grade level of stupidity uh, driving every yep. decision they make. But if we're going to talk about smart decisions for the plug on the way out, a smart move would be to watch uh, Luxury Hunting Lodges of America on Fox Nation, would it not? Yeah. And you can. It would be
9: smart. You can confirm my shooting status. I mean, I think I did pretty well.
4: <laughs>
9: I by the crew members when we were there. I think they were a little surprised that things went so smoothly. Well. Th- um, so knock on wood.
3: <laughs> well, this all right. So this is another observation that was given to me at a blockjack table, is that I it, this this happens to me sometimes with stand up is people don't know what our actual background is in in certain fields. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They you, right. you you know you're obviously as well informed on guns as anybody talking about it on a television set, but it doesn't mean they've gone shooting with you. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I tell jokes right. on the radio, but they've never come see me in a comedy club, and it's really until they do, and it's really something uh, to surprise people. So is there like a Part of you that gets a kick out of that when you were shooting because I was told the crew was like legitimately blown away by you blowing things away.
9: Yeah, they were. They were. They were shocked. I think they they thought it, you know that there would be like you have to fake it or something or like they would have to find that you know or or something. But they yeah. they were there. I was happy with it too because hunting hunting you know mm-hmm. it's, it's a hunting lodge show. Yeah, but hunting does not go smoothly most of the time. It's yes. not about the end result. It's about the experience. But mm-hmm. when you're trying to film stuff, yeah can run out pretty quickly so i was under a lot of pressure but i think we made it happen
3: no you did and 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 i would i would imagine that everybody on the staff got a lot of things right after seeing you shoot with the efficiency that you did
9: yeah we did and it <laughs> helped that you know the rifles were shooting they were sighted in properly yeah, that's yeah. always helpful too
3: katie pavlich the best cool. of the best uh listen i'm gonna try not to disappoint you with my fashion choices the rest of the way today
9: I trust you now. I no. think you've learned your lesson.
3: Now that we had a we had a full blown intervention today, you know, in between all the things we covered, we plugged a show, we talked about Biden, but make no mistake about it, this will go down as the episode where I got a fashion intervention. That's true. Maybe it, it was well, no. It.
9: That was when I insulted you to on Twitter in front of the whole world. Just go <laughs> too far. You did with the Carol Baskin outfit. Okay, I was just saving you from yourself. You don't expect humiliation.
3: You don't expect that kind of cutthroat takedown from a Michael Bublé fan, but here we are.
9: <laughs> Here you are.
3: A lot you gotta t- watch
9: those two Blade fans, man. They'll
3: cut you down. A lot of tough love. You're the best. Let's see you soon, pal. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Have a good one. You too. There she goes. The legendary Katie Pavlich, the Fox Nation special, Luxury Hunting Lodges of America. So last week, buddy, if I forget your name, oh man, if it was, I, maybe it wasn't Larry. I was playing blackjack with a guy out at the Nugget. Because the reason I was playing Blackjack at the Nugget, just so you understand, is the owner of the casino. He's the greatest guy you'll ever meet, but he owns a casino. And, uh, we were supposed to be doing like a private meet and greet with some gamblers, and he decided at the last minute it was going to be a full-blown stand-up show. Now, that wasn't the deal. That wasn't our original deal, but of course, I agreed to it. He felt bad about it, and as the owner of the casino, he was just like, hey, I go you know, go play some blackjack. So he gave me some chips to go play blackjack. Like, shut up, fatso. And I respected that, because, you know, I did have a little bit of a gambling habit in the 80s. Ah, uh, the 80s. In my 20s, in the 80s. I had a gambling habit in the 80s. I was like nine years old. That's a problem. But uh, I was playing blackjack with a guy, Man, I saw Katie Pavlich on the Fox Nation. That girl can shoot. And that is, buddy, by the way, that is my impression of what you sounded like. So if I'm getting your name wrong, hopefully, I know I'm getting your accent right, because you sounded exactly like that. She's out there with a sided raffle! And he talked about Katie Pavage for so long. I was like, Katie, you need to order of protection against this gentleman. But it was fascinating. I love meeting you guys. I love your passion uh, for these people. Uh, Because again, the reason I defend you on the radio, I defend you on TV, is you're the best people. Think about it that way. Whose party would you rather go to this weekend? Would you rather Rather go to some Republican party where everybody's drinking beer, talking about Katie Pavlich, or would you rather go to a Democratic party where they're telling you to check your privilege because you're drinking bottles and not cans? Not that I consider you a bottle crowd; I consider you a Red Solo Cup crowd. But the point is the point. You're
2: absolutely right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
8: It's like it's a it's a game changer.
3: Oh, girl, we were in the bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fala. Party doesn't have to end, though. I am on the five today at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News channel. Myself, Dana Perino, Judge Janine Pirro will be there marveling at all the brilliant things I say. You don't have a clue. Well, she'll be there nonetheless. And she's excited to see me. That is a lie. Well, anyway, me, Dana, the judge will be there. Handsome Harold Ford will be there. Johnny Joey Jones will be there. And when that party ends, I'll be on Gutfeld tonight. Greg is out, though. Greg is off, actually. Dana Perino hosting Gutfeld tonight, along with Julie Banderas, Jerry Willis, a legend, Johnny Joey Jones, and myself. Going to be a banger, uh, a doubleheader on the Fox News channel, if you will. Kind of a big deal, man, uh, for me to be on the highest-rated show on the network, which is, of course, The Five, and then back that up with the highest-rated show in Late Night. Although we all, to be clear, we understand that. The only reason Gutfeld's popular is because of the great guests like me.
1: That is balderdash and hogwash. and mm -hmm.
3: Wow, we got a tough crowd in this studio. Let's hope uh, things loosen up between now and TV time. And say a prayer for the makeup people, because somebody's got to powder up this show pony so I can look okay on TV. Uh, Pay up, get out. We'll see you back here tomorrow with Sean Davis from The Federalist.
2: Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.